Good morning. This is the weekly wrap being recorded on Monday, November 6th. Well, for the week, corn closed down four and a quarter cents at 4.77 a bushel. Beans closed up 34 cents at 13.51 now on the January contract. Wheat largely unchanged. Chicago closed at 5.72. Kansas City closed at 6.43 a bushel. Cotton took a big hit, closing down 4.7 cents at 79.62. Crude oil down $4.70 a barrel as the market took back out the risk premium that it put in uh, for the war in the Middle East. Speculators for the week were massive sellers of corn, selling 44,000 contracts, putting them now short, back short 144,000. Small buyers of beans of 15,000 contracts, now long a modest 23,000 contracts of soybeans. And for wheat, heavy, heavy sellers again, selling 17,000 contracts of wheat across all three classes, that's Minneapolis, Chicago, and Kansas City, putting them short a near record 162,000 contracts for this time of year. Cotton, they were small sellers of 3,000 contracts, reducing their long now to just 25,000 contracts. Speculators were heavy, heavy sellers of crude oil again, uh, evening up their position, waiting on more information on the war in the Middle East. Technically, corn broke back down below the 50-day moving average at 484. Remember, it got through it, and then it had that big rally to that 509 area, but that massive selling by managed money pushed it back down below the 50-day moving average. So in order to get any kind of excitement, we're going to have to get back through that 484 level on December corn. Beans uh, for the week got back through the 50, the 100, and the 200-day moving average well above that. That's what spurred a fair amount of uh, fun buying uh, as the market is now growing increasingly concerned about the weather in South America. Wheat remains uh, below the 50-day moving average in Chicago, which is at 582. That's only about 10 cents away. And in Kansas City, it's 50 cents away at 694. Cotton broke the 50, the 100, and the 200-day moving average at 83, 84 cent area. That was support. Once it broke, it gave way to massive fund selling and, and some probably some extending of the shorts by some, some speculators. Export sales for the week were poor for corn, beans, and wheat. They were at the low end of expectations. But for cotton, we had a massive sale of 470,000 bales, so probably one of the biggest sales in many, many months. Good news, a good sign, I guess, if you have lower prices, you should stimulate export demand. That is what's happening. And again, based on the seasonals that we've talked about for several times, cotton is probably going to spend the next three, four weeks carving out its low seasonally, and hopefully during that period uh, extends the export sales coverage and builds uh, a better book going forward. Harvest progress for corn was at 71%. Uh, versus the 66% on the five-year average. Beans, uh, well above the five-year average of 78%. We were at 85%. Cotton right on target at 49% harvested, and that's at 47% is the average there. Weather in the United States is going to improve dramatically. For the upper Midwest, it will be warmer and drier, allowing us to finish out the harvest of corn and beans pretty quickly here. Uh, in South America, the weather continues to stay locked in on that higher, hotter and drier model that is now got the planting progress going backwards. So we'll keep an eye on that development 
as to how far it gets extended. Again, the, the market has been slow to grasp the concept of how hot and how dry it is down there. The reports came out this morning now that uh, they may have to replant up to 25% of the crop in Mato Grosso based on, on the poor start to the crop there. Uh, and then some rating agencies are lowering their estimate on the Brazilian crop now from out of South America from that 163 down to 154. That number came out this morning from one of the agencies. And we've talked for a while now about the risks of Brazilian weather uh, getting locked in, so to speak. And every two 10 days to two-week models that confirm the hotter and drier forecast make that a, a, a more and more of a reality. Remember, Brazil is expected to make 163 million metric tons. That's up from the 155 they made last year. Um, you know, and, and so we're, we've got an awfully large crop coming at us that the market has already priced into the market. Uh, last year, Argentina was supposed to make 50 million metric tons, and they made 20. And so that was a 60% loss on their crop due to their record heat and dryness. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen in Brazil, uh, but certainly we have to keep an eye on it because the market probably does not understand or can comprehend the scale of the losses that could happen out of Brazil if this model stays locked in for the next two or three months. You could see an extraordinary tightening of the global balance sheet and soybeans. On the macro picture, Russia-Ukraine war continues to grind on. Russia is uh, happy now that they're not front page news with the war going on in the Middle East. They've used this opportunity to extend their bombing campaign now back into major cities going after civilians. Um, not a good development. Uh, meanwhile, the United States did approve another $425 million of military aid for Ukraine. Uh, the, the problem with all of this, this sort of grinding nature of the war there is that shipping capacity and production capacity continues to collapse in Ukraine. They are now down 31% on grain shipments year over year. And so this is uh, uh, directly affecting the global balance sheet on corn and on wheat and on uh, sunflower oil seeds. And it's, it's a negative impact on the balance sheet. The market's not trading it right now. It's largely discounted it. But at some point in the future, this will reassert itself uh, into the balance sheet and become uh, worthy of discussion and higher prices. In China, the real estate economy continues to flounder. The government's taking on massive losses as they try to prop up their economy. Um, a number of executives related to the economy, banking and economic and real estate, have been arrested and or disappeared from public view. Uh, as so happens in communist regimes, totalitarian regimes, anybody that embarrasses the state or goes against them uh, gets removed, you know, one way or another. Uh, in other news, the, uh, the former premier, Ling King Kwang, who was uh, considered the rival, I guess, to President Xi or Premier Xi, he, he died last week of a heart attack at 68 years old. Uh, died is in quotes, uh, not exactly sure what happened there, but remember he was unceremoniously removed from power, or at least from the parliament, uh, in public view about six to eight months ago, where he was escorted out. Um, so, you know, uh, continuing lockdown by President Xi uh, of their economy, of power, that typically doesn't end well for their economy. It's ironic that the consumer is actually doing quite well there. Spending is good. Uh, use of fuel uh, as it relates to airlines and, and over-the-road travel is breaking records. 
And so the irony is, is that the consumer is doing quite well in China right now. In the United States, the Federal Reserve did not change rates last week, Wednesday. Uh, they hinted at the idea that inflation for the moment seems under control and that they were going to let the, uh, the, these rate hikes filter through the economy, let the lag effect do its job, and they ultimately believed we're still headed toward the 2% inflation target. Um, you know, the, the market took that as a bit of a dovish commentary. They weren't as hawkish, again, hawkish being super aggressive on rate hikes and trying to kill inflation. They were softer in their language, and that led to a pretty strong rally in the stock market on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday last week. Probably one of the biggest weekly reversals we've had all year long. So it looks like we're going to have a very strong stock market going into the end of the year. The dollar also reversed hard on Friday. Uh, on that uh, easing of the sentiment by the Federal Reserve on, on rate hikes. Uh, many have now basically concluded that this is the end of the rate hike cycle, that we're done, and that might have led to the dollar reversing lower. Technically, it did some pretty big damage. Uh, we have to keep an eye on that. If, if ultimately the dollar does reverse and head lower, certainly would be flip the narrative from the dollar being a headwind to possibly being a tailwind going into the end of the year. Uh, crude oil took a big hit during the week as the uh, invasion by uh, Israel into Gaza was delayed and has not shown any uh, adverse effect on production out of oil out of the Middle East. So as quickly as we put the premium into the oil market, we took it right back out. Uh, technically, it looks like we could have a little bit lower trade into this week, but fundamentally the balance sheets continue to tighten. Still absolutely expecting a move to $100 a barrel by the end of the year, uh, and that's without any volatility as it relates to the war. If we add some volatility there, it could go much higher. On deck for this week is on Thursday, we have a USDA report where once again the market is predicting little to no changes in yields or ending stocks on balance sheets for all the grains and cotton. But it is the USDA, so we'll have to keep an eye on that development. Um, you know, they, they tend to uh, march to their own drum. So we'll be aware of that. That comes out again on Thursday, November 9th. In South America, logistics are actually starting to back up pretty poorly, pretty badly. So much so that if you order something now, it's most likely you're not going to get anything out of that country for at least two months, in some cases almost three. That's how far backed up they are on their logistics. That should help drive more business to the United States in the November, December, January timeframe. That will be the sweet spot for U.S. exports of beans and corn. In South America, we've talked about the weather. Uh, right now, it's just a small problem uh, with planting delays and replanting. Uh, but, you know, if it continues to progress forward over the next 30 to 60 days, we're going to have to start talking about uh, a 10, 15 percent crop loss. If it extends further out to 60 to 90 days into that January time frame, you may have to start digesting a 20 to 30 percent crop loss, which would be a magnitude of 30 to 40 million metric tons of beans out of Brazil. So it'll, it'll be a, a grinding process that nobody knows the answer to but certainly it will gather in intensity as we move forward. From a marketing standpoint, um, you know the, the, the market did pull back pretty aggressively here this last week on massive fund selling. Uh, we are finishing up on harvest, but I, I still believe, still looking for a move to, to get to this 5, 550 area by the end of the year. Uh, I do believe that the South American weather story is real. 
And I think ultimately that's going to pull corn in the first quarter to that 550, even $6 area as the market has to digest now uh, what could be giant losses on beans and corn coming out of South America that would drive a fair amount of business to the United States, pull our balance sheet down from this 2 billion bushel carryout to this 1617 area uh, on the backs of soybeans, which will be the most powerful move. We're still looking for a move to that 14, 1450 by the end of the year. Uh, I'm still, that's based on our balance sheet on the current fundamental setup. We will be tight enough, I ultimately believe, that we will get to the $15 area in the first quarter of next year. But again, any South American weather problems of scale would push us to the $16 or $17 area in South America. So uh, since we'll, we'll keep an eye on that development, but certainly the, the, the progression is working in our favor now that the understanding of the losses is really starting to come into focus. Wheat, uh, we're still looking for that move uh, of a dollar higher by the end of the year. Wheat is starting to become competitive in the export market for the first time in a long time. We are also feeding it to animals uh, out in, in the uh, Western Corn Belt. Haven't done that in quite a while. And then of course, mill use is very high as well. And so I think the fact that we've got all three demand sectors firing on wheat, is now uh, and the scale of the short position held by managed money wheat is absolutely carving out a low and susceptible to a quite a strong move between now and the end of the year of a dollar dollar fifty a bushel higher if the drought uh, affects uh, argentinian wheat production and south american corn and beans you could see a more powerful move in the first quarter of next year of several dollars a bushel Cotton will continue to grind over the next two to three weeks, as we've talked about with the seasonal trade. We are knee-deep in harvest. The market is not impressed with this export sales report. doesn't feel like it was enough. And so I think we're going to grind and, and try to you know keep prices low enough to stimulate more demand. The irony is uh, I think the U.S. crop is actually getting smaller. USDA is at 12.8 million bales. Most of the trade is down at 12.5, 12.6, but I think... We're actually going to be in the 11s. I think we're at this point a million bales too high. We did see a jump in the cottonseed bid from the oil mill in West Texas of $40 a ton. They typically don't do that unless they're having trouble originating cottonseed. And so if the oil mills in West Texas can't find cottonseed, that tells me that uh, we've got evidence or a clue that the crop is far smaller than what the trade is thinking. So I'm going to paint my crop right now, estimate down a million bales from where we are, maybe a million and a half. And so if we can stimulate uh, more demand over the next 30 days, we could see an incredibly tight balance sheet going forward. And at some point, the market's going to flip its focus from a weakening demand to an extraordinarily tight pipeline. So for those reasons, I'm still looking for a move after harvest to this 90, 95 cent area on cotton by year end. And if I get my wish on the demand front, uh, combined with the smaller crop, we may be talking about a dollar or higher uh, on cotton after the first of the year. Okay, that's the update. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS. Have a wonderful afternoon. Talk to you soon.